0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Small Business Cheerleader podcast. I'm Nicola from NW Marketing, and I'm joined today by Amanda from the Soulful Vagabond. How are you this morning? I'm really good, thank you, Nicola. How are you? Yeah, good, good. I'm trying to keep warm in this uh, nice cold weather, but we're indoors today, so I want to chat all things masculine and female energy or feminine energy. Um, and you're my go-to person for all such things. So I'm excited to really dive deep and, and really find out what are the sacred masculine and sacred feminine energies. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself first and, and how you came to be involved in, in really diving deep into this with your clients and how it worked for you. Yeah. So I used
1: to be a, uh, I'm a lawyer. Um, <laughs> And if you think about uh, the kind of atmosphere that is uh, in a law firm, or when you're working in a corporate sort of setting, it's very much hustle and grind. I would stay back late to be seen by the partners, that I'm the you know hard worker. It was super competitive, and I was burning out. Um, so I was a lawyer by the time I was 22. I had my own house by the time I was 23. And on the surface, it looked like I was living my best life. And You know, if you looked on my socials, you would have thought, oh, wow, she's like, cabin the world and she's, you know, got her own place and she's succeeding. But internally, I was um, in a massive depression. I was drinking 12 cups of espresso, no kidding, a day. Coming home, uh, working 14 hours, coming home and like downing half a bottle or a bottle of wine to get like, to come down from the stress of the day. Um, and even when I changed industries and started working sustainability, I was still in a corporate setting and I was just burning out and trying to fill this void that I didn't know how to quite express by shopping with my relationships. And um, finally, I hit rock bottom. I was in deep depression. I um, wasn't doing really well, completely burnt out. And I started going back to some of the spiritual practices that I'd learned as a kid. So I had a, a religious upbringing and then that moved for me into spirituality. So I was doing a lot of meditation when I was younger. And once I hit my knees, I started going back to that practice. Um, and I started incorporating a lot of the things that I was learning from people like Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay into my life. And then I started coaching this and teaching this to other people because it was changing how I was living. And then 2020 happened and I hit my knees. I, uh, I was living in Edinburgh at the time and I loved my life over there. Um, but as hap- as, as happens when you're really doing well, you stop leaning on those practices that support you when you're not doing well. So I wasn't really meditating as much. I was just out there living life and, and not really thinking too much about nurturing my own soul. Um, and then, yeah, I lost my job. I lost my visa. I was stuck in Edinburgh, unable to come back to Australia. I had no income because I couldn't get social in either country. Um, and so I was living off my savings uh, and I was stressed out. And it, it was the dark period of my life, I can easily say. I um, ended up having suicidal ideations and really it, it brought me to my knees and it made me turn inwards. And that's when I started discovering more about the feminine and the masculine and it added this whole new perspective to manifestation and it taught me so much about who i am and what my core energy is and that so for so long i've been living out of these these wounds from my childhood um that this busy lifestyle of hustle and grind had managed to suppress um, i was diagnosed with uh complex trauma so CPTSD, um and that I hadn't realized how much that had shaped how I was interacting with other people as well as the fact that I wasn't really connecting in with myself so how do you manifest what you what you want in life when you don't even really know who you are so since I've come back to Australia I've been teaching people about this masculine and feminine so what it is it's it doesn't have anything to do with gender so masculine and feminine energies is basically like your yin and your yang energies it's in every type of religion they'll have some aspect of this and it's the core essence of masculine and feminine is around the polarization of the collective consciousness and the way creation manifests in the world you can think of the masculine as the expansion expression of the universe so the big bang is the masculine energy the creation And that comes from the core of the feminine essence, which is the stillness and the chaos from which creation was manifested. So the feminine energy is that essence within us of nurturing, of stillness, of flow, of movement, of creativity, of our intuition, of connecting in with our body and what it's telling us. And the masculine is that driving force externally the focus, the rationality, the the purpose, the determination, the the conquering energy. In its unhealthy form, it's a conquering energy. In its healthiest form, it's an expression of um, purpose, driven driven with purpose. So so that's what I'm teaching women, especially women, how to harness that inner energy of creativity and force within themselves by finding stillness and not, not tapping into that masculine in order to Succeed in a corporate world because we don't have to become in our, in our full man energy in order to get what we want. We don't have to, it, we don't have to grind. Stillness is one of our biggest strengths as feminine cause to receive what we desire um, without burning ourselves out.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right because I've been working through a bit of that myself with a business coach that I've got at the moment. Um, and it is interesting when you're going talking about from a business point of view as well, when you're talking about uh, launching a product or you're talk, we're talking about getting stuff done we tend to focus on the masculine energy of go 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 do 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 um, and sometimes we can forget that we have to also balance that out um, with the the feminine energy to make sure that we are self-care that we are sitting in our feelings and making sure that we're addressing what's happening what's happening because we can tend to some people are more driven very much so with that masculine energy and as you say if you can Really identify which one or which side you tend to go most to automatically. You can then adjust and work with it, and and that's what what I find is good because some are more uh, sensitive, very into their feelings, and and find it hard to be to to speak up and to and to be um, to find their masculine energy. And I think that's why. A coach can help you in that regard, like you're saying, when you're talking to your clients and you're really finding out individually because everyone is completely different um, about how that works and how you can work it into what stage you're in because sometimes you need that hustle. If, Like you're saying, if like say as a, um, a, a coach or, or a, a marketing person, you're launching something, you need to get into that side of you that gets stuff done and and really can um, be confident. And, and then, yeah, we forget that as part of that, we can burn ourselves out, as you said. And then um, it, we, you don't want it to be when you get to your knees that you have to do this. And that's why if we can get into it earlier and learn to identify it, um, it's a lot easier for us to manage it on our way through the different ebbs and flows that we all go through that sometimes we need to pull different sides of us to to get through. Um, So how do you know whether your core energy is masculine or feminine? How do you do that with your clients?
1: So normally I will um, give them a a little questionnaire that that I'll work through. But, I mean, even as we're talking, you can think about when you go into the workplace, do you feel really nourished when you are able to interact with people around you and have a chat at the coffee table or um, it's your normal routine. You come in, you get a coffee, go and have a chat with somebody and then you sit down and do your work and then you go and have another chat with somebody else. If if that tends to like really nourish you and you feel that um, you get a little bit more energy when you can take those breaks and chat to people and really connect, most likely you've got a feminine energy and that connection and nurturing is what you truly value in a workplace. Whereas if your core is masculine, that uh, those breaks can feel frustrating because you like getting in, having a list, working through it. And that really energizes you. You can, see, you can see them getting ticked off and you feel like really empowered by it. And then you can stop and have a break. Yeah. You've scheduled a break and it feels good. Okay. I've done what I need to do. I can have a break now good but for me if I work to that schedule it feels really restrictive and I feel really frustrated so for me if I can flow through the office and whatever feels like is the right thing to do I intuitively think about what I want to do next even in my business I will intuitively think okay what feels really good for me right now do I want to like do my social media scheduling do I want to just start writing something for my blog whatever feels inspiring and like really yummy that's what I'll jump into and I'll start doing. Yeah. And I do that in the workplace as well because I'm working at the same time as running the business. Yeah. Um, I'll just feel what feels really good. And obviously, sometimes you do have meetings meeting that's scheduled, but it's about tuning into yourself and trying to find a way in that moment to make that meeting really fun for you.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's like um, like I was saying, if you've got a certain part of your life that, uh, or a time in your life that you need to draw that in, um, you can know what that feels like in you and know that you need it for a certain amount of time, but you can um, work through and get to where you need to be to get nurtured on the other side of that. I think it's like you said, when people just get into that go, 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 but it's really like yourself, it's restrictive to them. They're going against what their energy flow is saying or, or want them to really do and that's where you're going to have that battle isn't it of of the of really what your, your your energy wants and what you're having to put out there it's not it's not balancing and um yeah and and that's where I found that uh, it was important to really know those things because we tend to think it's our fault or we're not doing it right or we should be like the joneses or we should be able to do this or we should be able you know the whole should capacity why sh- i should be like them they can do it why am i not like that and the next thing you know you just get all in your head and um whatever energy you could have harnessed is just being confused and um I think it's important for people to do that work. What do you find, um, once you've identified that, how do you really find you work with the clients in, in making sure they're harnessing it? Is there a special way or is there just you let them um, know what to look out for so they can identify when they're in either or which one they should be going um, at certain points?
1: Yeah, so when it comes to working with the clients, what I tend to do is you start by giving a small um, understand of, of what your intuition feels like. Because for so long, we have been suppressing our intuition, especially as a feminine. It's not really looked at as something that we need to nurture. And if you think about how we've been raised in the school system and the, basically the entire culture around how we live our lives, we are told from a very young age that we need to not listen to what our is telling us. You know, we hurt ourselves and our parents go, okay, it's not really hurting you, you're fine. No, you need to be able to authentically say, yeah, this hurts at this point in time and it'll stop hurting in a while. But we are so trained not to listen to that. So one of the first things I start teaching is the embodiment practice of tuning into our bodies. We're so disconnected from it. And as somebody with CPTSD, dissociation is something that I've been living with for a long time and it's only in the last year or so where I've started to actually reconnect with my body. I didn't realize how how much I didn't actually feel in my body. And as feminines, our intuition is our body. You will get that gut feeling, we'll get that like, constriction in our throat. But if we're living from up here, because we've got trauma of living in a patriarchy, the patriarchy wound um, that makes us think that in order to be successful, to have work, we need to be doing and just being and flowing is something that's weak or ridiculous. We have we've internalized that so much, and it's just about finding that connection once more. So a lot of what I start doing is helping people tune into their intuition, tune into their body, feel where the feeling is sitting within that that sacred self, and telling them to practice that when they go out in small ways. So if you're in a meeting tune into your body, you can be sitting in a meeting and then tune into yourself and breathe in and see where you're feeling certain, certain emotions, what's coming up for you in this period of time. Just something, like, cause sometimes you'll be sitting in a meeting and somebody will say something and you'll feel something, but you won't really know why you're feeling triggered. So it's about being able to sit into that. So I remember I was in a meeting with a team um, member, uh, uh, a team member and uh, her attitude had been a little bit aggressive and initially I was completely triggered I wanted to I wanted to get into the attack mode because that's your natural like oh she's attacking me and then it was about taking a few deep breaths stepping back internally and going okay well she's reflecting something from me so what what am I feeling and then responding in a nurturing way, as if she was a client, as if she was somebody else and she wasn't attacking me. She was feel and, and just recognizing that she was feeling unheard and unseen in that moment of time. Um, and being able to respond to that in, in, in a feminine way, but still keeping my power because the feminine is power as well. And I think we've, we've kind of made it seem that um, being in our masculine is powerful and being in our feminine is it's not. But when we respond in those nurturing ways, even as a leader, um, it can make a huge difference to, to the relationships around us.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think we have to forget it's not always about us. And it's about thinking that there might be another reason. It doesn't have to always be about us. We tend to think it's, <laughs> it is always about us and that's how we react as in it's being done to us. But we have to sometimes realise that, there are other people, they have their own things as well. And we sometimes have to just take a step back and look at the bigger picture and see, as you said, is there something that I might have unwillingly Put out there that's creating this and by me biting and going back into that is just going to create a bigger mess that shouldn't even have been there in the first place and I think you're right we, we tend to be told to forget um what's in our gut to go with that intuition um, but it's led people forever and I think we we tend to um, be all about in our head and forgetting to, to to read the room too. you know like really just sit back for a second instead of being all about this and all about the chat and actually just read the room and see where you fit in and and, and where your energy is drawing you. You know, who is it you want to talk to? Or is there someone in that meeting that you can see really needs you to draw them out? And start, yeah, just stop being all about you and how you're getting affected and start looking at it a little bit more because I think you're right. I think that that um, feminine energy is is being told to be repressed because it doesn't get you anywhere. And I think that it's one of the most Empowering ones you can get if you harness it. If you if you don't do that repression and it's all about go go go. Because I've even found there's um, even with the small headspace um, meditations where they do the full body scan. When you start from the head and they just ask you just to sit there and where do you feel in each part and what can you feel in it? And it's interesting because by taking ten minutes, even doing that you can actually go through from head to toe and feel where you have anything that might be out of place. And that alone, I think for people that are go-go 10 minutes, if you can't at least do something to start off that journey, um, then, yeah, that's where the trouble's going to be. It'll hit you later, won't it? It builds up. It's not something you feel now. It's something you forget until you you can't take any more. And then that's when it'll hit you and you'll wish you did it.
1: A friend that was exactly like that. She's a feminine, but she always kind of suppressed it and she um she always wants to give to others, which is great. But a feminine is also supposed to receive, that's our natural energy is being able to receive. Um, and we sometimes think that feminine nurturing mothers needs to always give and be selfless, but you can't give from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. And so she was pushing and pushing and pushing, and she had a few illnesses along the way, but she's still pushing through next thing you know she fainted in the office She had to go to the hospital and she was in the hospital for like a week um because she'd burned herself out because she wasn't tuning in and she could see, see that her body was saying you need to slow down i need some care take care of me and it wasn't until she put into that situation who wants to be in that situation
0: no, and that's right. And I mean, there's lots of um, there's lots of evidence out there that like, there's one in particular um, when you're saying taking time off to do self care. People don't do that, of course, because it's considered weak, and you shouldn't do that by a lot of um, you know corporate environments and things. Although some are starting to bring it into the office now because they realise that it needs to be there. And then, um, like you say, your body will do it for you. Yeah it'll just take you out for a week like that. It's saying, sorry, hello, I've been trying to tell you for the past like six months, you're not listening. So you're out for a week now. And then you could have made that choice to do, you know, even an hour a day, an hour a week to sort of get there. But now your body made that decision for you. And I think the the older we get, the more that we need to really start being in tune because it will um, take us out um, really quick compared to how it would have done in our 20s. So I think, um, you know, especially with kids and hustle and school and things and pets and, you know, long hours at work, you know, it's it's, we've all got it. We're not going to say it's not there and it's never going to happen and live a life of bliss, but it's just about being aware. That's all we're saying. Be aware and listen and then try and adapt if you possibly can can. Now, I want you to tell me more about the sacred feminine archetypes and how they can be used to um, embody the sacred feminine.
1: Yeah, so I um, I've created a modality that works for the sacred feminine archetypes. So for me, I've found that there's seven manifestations of the feminine energy that we all embody at different stages of our life. And it doesn't have to be um, in a linear fashion because the feminine is not linear. We go between things. We're very cyclical beings. Um, but the, the the first one that we work with is the, the main archetype. So you'll see, um, I usually use goddesses because they have stories and they have mythology behind them. And with archetypes, It's when we say maiden, we have an image that comes into our head of what the maiden is. If I say great mother, you'll immediately know what I'm talking about and the the energy that I'm talking about. So the archetypes are a, a collective energy that we know within ourselves deeply to our core what that energy feels like. A lot of us are in our wounded maiden because we have father wounds, we have mother wounds, just from the way we've been raised by traumatized individuals. And when I say trauma, it can be something as simple as not feeling heard as a child, not feeling seen as a child, and that creates uh, uh, feelings within ourselves that we don't really process, and we grow up with these. So um, the maiden archetype is the first archetype, and that's the Stephanie archetype. So she's innocent, naive, free-flowing, as she's the fun aspect of the feminine in her healthiest expression. Um, in her unhealthy expression, she feels like the world's out to get hurt, uh, she has no control, she's... Um, uh, Looking to others for validation. So that's the energy of the feminine and yeah, the feminine maiden. Um, and you can, like, ex- you can see where you are in that expression. So, uh, yeah, yeah, at one stage of my life, I realized I was very much in a wounded feminine archetype. I was in that shadow aspect of expecting things from people or feeling like I need to do things to feel validated, people pleaser. So. so there's the maiden and then there's the warrioress, and that's the archetype of Athena. She's a go-getter, she's out there, she's driving a horse, she, uh, she has a purpose and she has a mission and she's selflessly caring for other people and bringing them forward. So she, um, she has a strong energy and vibrancy of creating the life she wants and she's out adventuring. Um, in her wounded aspect, she doesn't really have a purpose, she's the rebel without a horse um, and so there's that archetype. And you can see where you sit on that scale as well. So we work through those. Um, and then we've got the lover archetype, which is about loving life. It's it's that energy of um, finding uh, just pure joy in, in a retreat latte as you're sipping it aside in the sun, just that, that ability to – it's not romantic, love necessarily sensuality and it's sensuality within our body and our ability to self-express and explore ourselves and um, learn who we are and what we want and what nourishes us at a deep core level. That's a love archetype. Um, in her worst form, she uses sex as a way to feel valued and um, she will um, just and try and find anything. She'll, she'll be the person jumping from relationship to relationship, never really understanding herself and trying to find that validation from externally. Um, so then we've got the mother archetype uh, and this is where we explore a lot of those mother wounds that we, we developed. Um, and this is a lot where the ancestral trauma of, of the generations come through us because we are, you know, the product of our ancestry. Um, and you've got a very strong positive mother archetype, which is the you know, natural who loves unconditionally but is also able to create healthy boundaries so that her children know that it's okay to say no and to have that healthy boundary themselves. But she can also be the manipulative mother who always um, guilt you into wanting to do things or having to do things. And she expects that children to so those are the, the mother archetypes. And then we go on to the Empress, which is our energy sometimes in the workplace. We bring this energy in of the leader. And this is a leader who is powerful in her power. She's nurturing and, and loving, but she also has very clear boundaries in how she does things. She trusts her intuition, she will follow her guidance and she will lead people. And she's the leader that you you just can't help but follow because she's so charismatic. Um, in her worst cycle, like in her worst shadow, um, she'll be the woman who is the dragon lady and who puts down the glass ceiling on top of you. Uh, I had to be in my masculine to get here, so you're going to do that. And I had a, <laughs> one of my first bosses was like that, and it's, it's very disempowering for other women. She makes them um, hard. And then we move into a live woman. Somebody who's intuitive, who's learning spirituality, who's connected deeply to her intuition, who is able to um, feel what the energy around her is telling her this is where we really, really learn who we are and how to connect with a, a power greater than us and channel that through us. In her worst aspect, she'll be the manipulative leader who is um, using spirituality as spiritually bypassing. So she's the toxic positivity. She's the, the guru without a real purpose. Um, and she's doing it for her own self. Yeah. Uh, and then the creatrix energy, which is the destruction and the transformation. And this is powerful energy. Yeah? This is the Kali energy. This is the Lilith energy. This is the, the shadow energy of transformation. Now being able to create and create from a place of stillness, create from a place where we are so connected with ourselves that we know that what we want is coming and we're not trying to control it. This is pure trust in what we are receiving without thinking about the outcome. So we're so trusting of our feelings and knowing. Um, there's this great line in the Course of Miracles that it says um, those who know those a trust. Oh, I can't even remember it now. It's just completely blown out of my head. But basically, it's saying that if you can trust, then what's coming, you can afford to wait without anxiety. Mm. And so, us are wanting to manifest, wanting to manifest, and we're like, oh! <laughs> holding on. And creation is about releasing, yeah. Um, and it's about surrender, and that's where the power comes in, and that's where like the creative energy is just so fun to play with.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that because I've just discovered Manifestation this last few months and um, got my, um, where is it? I've got my, my journal, um, trying to, you know, just work through, you know, where we're going in the business, you know, where it's happening with um, what I'm building and, you know, just trying to really put it out there for me for clarity, but also to put it out there to show that I'm open to it, it's, it's all meant to be um and planning it out uh, accordingly you know so I think that that's why the this sort of exploration is fun but it's also really important as in like it it is really important work and I mean it gets a lot of people throw it to the side as you know woo woo and all that sort of stuff and I mean look whatever everyone's into something completely different whatever it is but I think it's about finding whatever it is that allows you to open up I don't mind whatever that is. And if if this I found has been quite fun and been something as an exploration of, of the different parts <clears throat> that you don't quite explore all the time. And, and I think that's why um, if you're feeling stuck or if you're feeling like inside it's just not happening for you, this is something that I would recommend as a way to just explore it. And really, really do the work in finding what all this means to you because it means different things to different people and then um, opening yourself up to whatever that is. And um, I think it's a wonderful, um, especially for women in business, I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in having to be successful and maybe prove ourselves twice as much um, that we can do it or prove to ourselves that we can do everything. And that alone is always never going to happen. So I think we put extraordinary pressure on ourselves to be the best at everything. Um, And this allows us to to stand back a bit and and to really explore um, what that looks like to our success in another way, not just the the standard version of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, also, Amanda, where can people find you? So if you want, um, people want to know more about what you're doing or if they want to talk to you about... um, the archetypes um what's the best place for them to find you
1: i have a website so that's um soulfulvagabond.com and i'm also on instagram so that's probably the best place to connect with me to chat to me um, and the handle is at the underscore soulful underscore vagabond
0: love those underscores i've got an underscore as well (laughs) And um, my podcast one, I had three underscores and then I ended up taking all the underscores out and just having a whole, the small business cheerleader in one big long thing. Awesome. um, Well, it's been amazing to talk to you because um, this is a newfound thing for me and so it's been awesome to be able to explore, which I think is wonderful. Um, now when um, yeah so we'll um, pop this up I just want everyone to see um, exactly what it is you do and I'll put links to where they can find you and it's been great to talk to you so um, best of luck and um, I'll be following you online yeah, thank you Nicola it was lovely to chat to you see ya, see ya. Bye.